This is Nova Church Halifax, where we love God and love people. Tune in as Pastor Mike Miller teaches from God's Word and how we can have a Nova life, a new life. Good morning, church. I'm going to try that again on this side. Good morning, church. We believe we're a loud church. We're a loud church. The winning team's always the loudest. Any Raptors fans in the place? I was in Nashville when they won that thing, watching it on a TV in the hotel lobby, and people that weren't even Canadian were pretending to be Canadian. It's like the only time people pretend to be Canadian is during the playoffs and when they're traveling to Europe. Okay. Because no one likes Americans. If you're American, we love you. Um, Just just know that. I don't want to offend anybody too early. Um, It's still early in the message today. If you have your Bible, turn to John chapter 10. John chapter 10. I want to say to how much we love. I just cannot. I'm, I was going to ask permission. I'm just going to do it. I love our church. I was going to say, can I say that? It's okay to love your church. Look at your neighbor and say, I love our church. If this isn't your church, you just said you love our church. So uh, it's okay to love your church. I was just sitting there going, what a, we have a wealth of talents in this room. I'm looking at this stage today, the talents in this room, in the back, and um, all over this uh, ministry this morning, all over this church, from kids' ministry to cafe to next steps to production to, I think the weakest link has to be the preacher this morning, for sure. I just, I, I, sometimes I feel like I want to be found out. You ever feel like a fraud in your job? Am I the, okay, just me, all right. Sometimes I'm like, I think they're going to figure out that I have no talents in this place. Afterwards, when we pack everything up, I just walk around real busy, look like I'm doing stuff, but I don't know how to do anything. They know how to unpack things and unplug things, and I just walk around and look really busy and frustrated, and no one ever asks me what I'm doing. Some of you get through your jobs like that. You just walk in, you just pretend you're counting. One, two, three, four, just keep walking. And I just sometimes I realize I don't know if I have any talents. I'm surrounded by so many talented people, and I am so thankful. Aren't we, Nancy? We're so thankful uh, for those that sacrifice and give and do it with passion. Passion is, if you're wondering what the secret sauce at Nova Church is, is we believe that God is passionate about us. And we are passionate about him. And uh, this is not a have to, it's a want to. And uh, sometimes coffee helps your want to, but we have a lot of want to. Can someone say amen? John chapter 10. We've been in a series which we paused for the last few weeks. Uh, Father's Day was so good last week. If you didn't catch Father's Day last week, the podcast, it's worth it just for the jokes on the podcast. Just for Anthony Murphy is the only reason why you should podcast in. Uh, But we had a great Father's Day last week. Um, But we've been in a series called The Seven, called The Seven I Am's of Jesus. And you need to know this very quickly, that we are passionate about Jesus Christ in this church. This is not just a bunch of nice people, talented people. This is not just great music and, and some motivational speaking. That we are actually Jesus people. We're passionate about Jesus. We're passionate about his plan for our life. We're passionate that he took our sin in our past. But we're also really passionate about today and what he's saying for our lives. And we're really excited that his plan is better than our own plan moving us forward. So we're obsessed about knowing who he is. Because we know who he is. We know how he moves and how he works and what he thinks. And then we can be a part of his plan for our lives. And in, in John and in the New Testament, there are seven different I am statements where Jesus says, this is who I am. And I've learned this, that when people say who they are, they're trying to tell you a lot about what they do. Almost everyone's Instagram profile you go to will have a certain bio. If you go to their LinkedIn bio or their Twitter bio, wherever there's a bio, people want to be seen a certain way. They'll put on their bio how they want you to be seen. And Jesus in these statements, are making his bio, his, his resume, his intention of who he is and what he can do. We're unpacking the seven I am's of Jesus. Today we're going to uh, unpack two today, um, and I believe you're going to be encouraged. John chapter 10, in verse 1, if you're there, say, hey. John chapter 10, in verse 1, 
If you're bluffing, say hey, hey. All right, okay. There's always, always a few. Today's the day I walk off the stage, by the way. I'm just going to let you know that. I just, I feel like, how many get nervous when I stand? Okay. I do this to keep myself focused. John chapter 10, verse 1. Uh, if you're looking for a boring church, this is not the church for you. Um, but uh, we're so glad you're here today. If you're a guest, thank you for trusting us and coming today. Please go to the welcome tent and get a gift as you leave, because we just want to make sure you know how much we love you. John chapter 10, verse 1. I tell you the truth. In my Bible, it's all in red which is the way that it was put together to know that Jesus said it. Um, I was always taught, read the red and pray for the power. If you read the red, you'll never go wrong. John chapter 10, verse 1, I tell you the truth, anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold rather than going through the gate must surely be a thief and a robber. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them, and they follow him because they know his voice. They don't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they do not know his voice. Verse 6. Those who heard Jesus use this illustration didn't understand what he meant, so he explained it to them. I love this. Jesus, um, have you seen those books uh, like Business for Dummies? Have you seen that? Uh, Apple for Dummies. Jesus here is going, okay, you don't understand what I'm talking about. Let me unpack this. For people like myself, he has to unpack it and make it simpler. He says this, I tell you the truth, I am the gate. This is the next I am of Jesus. I am the gate for the sheep, and all who come before me were thieves and robbers, but the true sheep did not listen to him. Yes, I am the gate for those who come in through to be saved. They will come and go freely, and I will, uh, and will find good pastures. And the thief's purpose is to steal kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Verse 11, the next I am statement. He says, I am not only the door, I am the good shepherd. A good shepherd sacrifices his life for his sheep. A hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him and he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks and scatters the flock. The hired hand runs away because he's only working for the money. He doesn't really care about the sheep. Verse 14, I am the good shepherd, I know my own sheep, and they know me. Today, for the next few minutes, I just want to talk on this topic, just real short today, on this, the next, on our seven series, I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. If you don't like that title, you want something a little more ghetto, a little stronger, a little more youthy, you can put down this title, I'm the goat. I am the goat. Let's pray. God, we thank you for today. I thank you for this church. Father, I thank you for everyone that's here today. Father, I am aware that there are people here that don't know you, but they are curious about your goodness. I pray today you'd make yourself real. God, I thank you that you've gathered us. It took a lot for some of us to get here today. And I thank you, Father, for the strength and the courage to walk through these doors one more time. And Father, I pray today we would feel your mercy and your grace, your power and your love. Father, I pray we'd leave here more like you and more excited about your plan for our life. Thank you for what you're doing in our church in our families, and our lives. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Amen. There's this argument going around of who's the goat. If you don't know, and it took me a long time to figure this out, you, maybe you've heard the title, who's the goat of basketball? Who's the goat of hockey? Which stands for greatest of all time. G-O-A-T, the goat. Who is the goat? And there's this argument of who's the, the goat in basketball. I don't know if you've heard this argument. It's, it's on ESPN. It's on every news channel that sports. It's in every magazine. For basketball, it's the conversations uh, on Instagram and over coffee is who is the greatest basketball player 
of all time. Some people say it's Michael Jordan. That's who I, uh, I go with Michael Jordan because he was the guy I grew up watching Sunday afternoons with Scotty Pippen and, and he'd go against Isaiah Thomas with his short shorts and Bill Lambeer and Joe Dumar and John Starks. I'm just listing the guys I grew up. I had an Isaiah Thomas uh, poster on my wall. Yes, I did. Number 11, six feet tall uh, from the bad boys of Detroit Pistons. Maybe some people go, no, it's not Michael Jordan, it's LeBron James. Some people think it's LeBron James is the GOAT, the greatest of all time. Others are now throwing in other names in there like, like Kawhi Leonard. Come on, Kawhi Mia River. Uh, he's the GOAT of all Time. And there's this argument, who is the greatest basketball player of all time? Then in hockey, I don't think it's, there's an argument here, but some people think there's an argument. Who is the greatest hockey player of all time? Someone show, uh, who's Gretzky, uh, someone else. What did you say? Did, did you say Price, the goalie? Can someone, ushers, can we escort this young man from the church? There's a lot of churches that love uh, young people, and uh, you can, we just need to move you on. Wow, where's his parents at? Where's his parents? Where's Lee and Lisa? You have work to do. It says raise a child. My goodness. Price. The price is wrong. Okay. Someone else. No, I'm not volunteering at all now. Someone else. Gordy Howe. Great one. Lemieux? Great one. Someone else. Crosby. What? Bobby Orr. Okay. You're stating your age right there. Okay, Bobby Orr. There's this argument. And here's the problem with the goat argument, because it's never apples and apples. It's always like, for example, I think Gretzky is the greatest of all time. You see the point, but people go, yeah, but you see how big the goalie pads are now? You see how big guys are now? Everybody's six foot four and, and, and bulletproof now, and the speed has changed. And you watch those old tapes from the 80s, and you think it's in slow motion, don't you? You're watching it thinking, I'm pretty sure I could go out there and skate. Sometimes there's no, there's no helmets on the goalies. Like, you're sitting there going, okay, this is a different... Day And we compare going, listen, it's a different day, different speed. In basketball, we're like, hey, this is the, this is the season now of the mega teams. And it was different than it used to be. And the, the three-point game has changed everything. And it's never as simple as an argument. It's interesting here in John chapter 10, Jesus comes clearly right out of the gate and goes, by the way, I'm the goat. He says, I am the greatest of all time. I am the shepherd and I am the door. What's interesting is, if you read your passage, Jesus didn't say, I am a shepherd. He didn't say, I am a door. He makes it very clear, when someone says, I am one of the greatest, it's one thing. When someone comes out and goes, I am the greatest, they're drawing a line in the sand. Jesus here in the, in the I am's, in, the, in this series seven, what he's saying is, I am the door. I am the good shepherd. You need to know this today. This is the truth that you need to know that I believe our church is built on is that Jesus is inclusive in his love, but divisive and decisive in his identity. That means anyone. He's for anyone and everyone. He is inclusive in his love. If, you have, if you're breathing today, you need to know it doesn't matter what you struggle with, where you've been, where you're going. doesn't matter who you're attracted to or what you struggle with or what you're passionate about. doesn't matter your dreams. It doesn't matter your regrets. Jesus is for Anyone and everyone. The church's doors are always open. People go, I don't know if I'm dressed to go to church. You're always right to go to church. I don't know if I'm clean enough to go to church. You're clean enough to go to church. I don't know if I belong. You belong in church. Jesus is for anyone and everyone. But he is very, very, very decisive in his identity. There's this thing today that says there's no absolute truth. 
There's no absolutes in life. That what's true for you is good for you, but it's not true for me. And what's, what, what, what you're passionate about, that's fine, but don't put that on me. Jesus is for everybody. But Jesus draws a line in the sand where he says, I am the door. I am the good shepherd. You need to know when Jesus says that, he drew a line in the sand. Christianity is inclusive, but it's also dividing. And you can't escape this when reading this book. I believe in love, and I believe in welcoming, and we are for everybody and anyone. But the Bible is very clear. We're Jesus people. There's only one way to heaven. It's Jesus Christ. There's only one God, and that's God Almighty and God the Holy Spirit, God the Father, and God the Son. And we are inclusive. We love. God's called us to reach and love everyone. Everyone is welcome. Everyone is needed. God is after everyone. He's after uh, sending religious kids like me. He's after sending people like you. But there is only one God and there's only one way to heaven. He draws a line in the sand in scripture here. You need to know tonight that we believe that he is the ransom for our sin. He is the rescue of mankind. He is the bridge to God. Not our bridge, the bridge to God. And he is the door to heaven. And what's amazing here is Jesus together puts these, this, this, I am the good shepherd and I am the door together in this passage. And today, combining two for one today, you know, he's talking to people, but it only makes sense, this passage, if you understand something about sheep. And it's my job not only to, uh, to, to speak life, but also to educate you. Let me teach you some things I learned about sheep this week. I, you've been riveting. This is going to be riveting, by the way. You're exciting about this. I can see notepads already starting to get ready to go. Here we go. Because if you're going to understand what Jesus is saying, you've got to understand the context in which he was teaching. Some things about sheep. First of all, of all domestic animals, sheep are the most helpless. That's bad news right there. You were waiting for it. Some of you were waiting for it. But listen, I won't pull the wool over your eyes. I, oh, it never gets old. Yes, it does. Right now, my kids are the ones crouching down in their seats. Sheep will spend their entire day grazing, wandering from place to place, and they never look up. It's like they have cell phones in front of them, okay? As a result, they often become lost. Sheep are very, very easily lost. Sheep also have no homing instinct, as other animals do. They, they, they're incapable of finding their way home to their sheep uh, fold. Even if it's in plain sight, it can be within eye shot, and they still can't find their way home. Sheep are followers. Sheep are followers. If a lead she- sheep steps off a cliff, the others follow as well. I think this is fascinating. Additionally, sheep are also easily susceptible, uh, susceptible, prone to injuries. They get hurt very easily. They're utterly helpless against predators. If a wolf enters the pen, they won't defend themselves. They won't try to run away or scatter or fake dead like I would do. What they do is they huddle in a herd all together and just get picked off one by one, and they're easily slaughtered. Sheep, you need to know this about sheep. If they... If they fall into moving water, they will drown. They can't swim. They'll fall into, into, into moving water. In fact, they fear moving water, and they only drink from any stream or lake that is perfectly still. That's why in David's Psalm 23, it says he leads us besides still water. Because if they see moving water, they'll run from it. Jesus here is being passive-aggressive, Jesus. He's really telling off people, going, you're helpless, and you easily get hurt, and you get lost. But he's being passive. Anybody know any passive-aggressive people? He is, he, he, he's not coming out and saying it. It's like when people say to me, I really like that sermon. It, it, it's the best sermon I heard in a long time. I'm like, are you telling me you didn't like the last series we did? Or they'll say, I really like that preacher today. When we have a guest speaker, I'm like, are you trying to tell me something? Right? 
Or I, you were really short today. That was awesome. Are you saying that I go along? Jesus is being passive aggressive here. He's letting you know that, by the way, there are some issues with sheep, and I'm liking you to sheep. Sheep are cute. Sheep are valuable. But sheep are helpless. I think it's fascinating that Jesus compares us to sheep. As I read that list, I keep thinking, yeah, that's me. I, uh, I'm helpless. Uh, I, I get lost on this path of faith all the time. I get lost. I get focused on something else. I keep my head down. I don't look up. I look down at the mess I'm in and the pain I'm in and the stuff I'm going through, what someone said, and someone texts, and all of a sudden I wonder why I'm off on another place instead of a place of faith and hope. I'm like, why am I doing over here? Right. I get lost really easy. When your head is down, you get lost. I look at this, and it says uh, I'm followers, and sometimes if some people go the wrong way, I go the wrong way, and I, I lose my way, and I also am helpless sometimes. I get attacked, and I just give up and die. I'm just, this is it for me. I'm the guy in the movies that just lay down and die, you know? You know those heroes that just keep going, like climb mountains and swing across skyscrapers, and they f- I would just lay down and pretend I was dead, like in the first five minutes, right? I'm a sheep, and I realize that. I'm realizing that I'm a sheep. Here's what you need to know again about sheep is that they live in pens. Every night they go into pens. And I didn't know this, but there's two types of pens. The large ones are in cities. In cities, when you come together to sell your herd or maybe to buy some, some sheep or maybe they're selling their wool, they, they come into a city and there's this huge pen in the city and it has lots of doors and lots of gates. And there's this huge pen and they mix all the, all the, all the herds together. What's interesting is sheep don't have a lot of qualities. One thing they do know is they know the shepherd's voice. So you can mix sheep together, and they're helpless, and they're, and they're harmless, and their head is down. But if they hear their shepherd's voice, they say that you can have a herd of sheep together, multiple herds, hundreds of them. And if a shepherd calls his voice, he can actually separate them with his voice. As he talks, they come to him. Then he'll put them into these pens. There's multiple gates in these huge pens. That's why the verse says, my sheep know my voice. That you can be in the middle of a crowd, in the middle of a busyness, in the middle of everything, but real sheep know their shepherd's voice. The other pen is different. The other pen is more the normal pen, and it's not in the, in the city, it's in the countries. Now these pens, usually the shepherd made, and sometimes they're just rocks piled two or three or four high in a circle. And they make these pens in the circle, and then they don't have a door and on these pens, at night, when they're done feeding to help protect them, they put the sheep into this, this makeshift pen with some logs and some, some rocks. And where there's no door, the shepherd actually lays down to become the door. He protects the sheep from wandering out at night. And more importantly, he protects the sheep from any predators wandering in at night. So when Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, he says, listen, you're helpless, you have your head down, uh, you don't do well, you don't, you don't, you're, not, you're not easily refreshed, you're not easily directed, you're easily lost, there's a lot of things, I am the good shepherd, I'll look after you. But secondly, you need to know is, I'm also the door, I am literally the one standing between you and life and death. I'm the one that protects you, I'm the one that gathers you, I am the door. And there's this picture that every shepherd understood, that every shepherd there would know, yeah, I'm the door. There's that, that saying that says, over my dead body. You need to know today that we are the shepherds of our kids. We're the shepherds of this church, but Jesus is the shepherd of his church. And the shepherd would keep the sheep and wild, in and wild animals out by laying across the open door. He literally became the door to the sheep. He's painting this picture here, Jesus, of our weaknesses and the real dangers and also his strength. In verse 10, it says this. He says, the thief... He, 
he wants to paint this contrast between him as a good shepherd and the, and, and the importance and the danger with the thief. He says the thief, its purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. He gives a contrast. So you get this picture between the good shepherd and the enemy. He says the enemy came to steal, kill, and destroy. You need to know that Jesus wanted to contrast that to let you know that he is the opposite of that. If you want to know what church is, a life of faith is, it's the opposite of steal, kill, and destroy. Whenever Jesus is involved, his church and his people, we always give more than we get. The enemy wants to steal your joy. God wants to give you more than you could ever give. He wants to leave you with more than you could ever give. Jesus always, the kingdom is always about blessing. It's always about giving. He wants to give you joy. He wants to give you peace. He wants to give you healthy relationships. Whenever the church walks into a community, it shouldn't be that church took from us. It's that church blessed us. Gave forgiveness, gave hope, gave joy. It gave life to the community. It says, steal, kill. You need to know this, that anything Jesus do is, does is always life-giving. I don't know if you can put vernacular to it, but what we're aiming for when we're the church of God is when you walk out of here on Sunday mornings feeling more alive than you walked in. Maybe you feel like the life was draining out of your hope. Maybe you feel like the life was draining out of your marriage or maybe out of your family or out of your singleness, out of your purity. Maybe you felt the life draining out of your purpose, but when you leave here, you should feel pumped up with life going, man, I feel like I can launch into my Monday, not limp into my Monday. Whenever God is involved, Jesus Christ, the door, the shepherd is in our life, what he's saying is, I always bring life and life more abundantly. My friend, I couldn't wait to get to church today. Why? Because I knew I was going to leave with some more life than when I walked in. Whenever God's people and you walk into your Mondays, we should always bring life with us. Says the, the thief also destroys. Isn't it easy to tear something down? I have very little skill. Some people are, man, can build stuff. I worked demolition for a year. I worked for this company where we, St. Mary's had a fire in their dorms and I was a part of the, the, the company that went in and we stripped out these, these dorms of all the beds and, and, and cupboards and walls. And, and I realized you don't need a lot of skill to tear something down. You just need some, 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 some sledgehammers and some time. I, I'm not the most skilled man in the world, but I could tear this building down. You give me enough time. Give me some manpower and some people. We can tear this thing down. But you know what? I couldn't build this. We live in a culture that it's criticizing, it's tearing down, tearing down our government, our leaders, our prime ministers, our mayors, tearing down marriages and, and people, tearing down churches and, and peoples and people's reputations. It's easy to tear down with a Facebook status or a hammer. But whenever God comes in, he always builds. Jesus said, I'm building my church at the gates of hell. Listen, we're not even here to tear down the gates of hell. We're here to build the church. And it says the gates of hell can't stand against the church. You build the church and he'll look after hell. How are we gonna help things in our city? Build the church, build marriages, build our young people as they go from kids into youth, build some hope. You need to know whenever Jesus is involved, there's always life, there's always giving, and there's always building. Jesus is our shepherd and the door to the sheepfold. Walls, I thought about this today, walls, their purpose depends on your, your perspective and their intent. Think about that, walls. They built this wall for these sheep at night. Walls, their, their, their value and how you feel about them depends on their intent and your perspective. See, some people see walls as a prison. A prison that's there to take your freedom. A prison that's there to uh, take your choices a prison that's there to control you and keep you in. Walls can be a prison to keep you in. 
We have prisons in our nation, prisons in our province, and their job is to keep you in, take your freedom, and control you. Fortresses have walls as well. Fortresses were built with a different intention. It's to keep the enemy out, to ensure your freedom, and to protect you. See, some of us see the walls meant to protect us as the very walls trying to incarcerate us. See, some see this Bible as a prison of rules. Some see God's word and God's plan going, man, I just can't have any fun. If I follow that Bible and follow that Jesus, I'm in a prison that's there to take away my fun, take away my choices, take away my freedom, and I can't live in the walls that you're creating with God's plan. But my friends, if you understand the purpose of the walls, I don't see them as a, as a prison to keep me in. I see it as a fortress to keep the enemy out. The Bible says in Peter that he walks around, the enemy walks around, like a roaring lion outside the pen, seeing who can, he can devour. I am thankful that God has given us a fortress to protect us today. He's a fortress to protect us. I'm the gatekeeper for my kids. We have boundaries and structure and walls and rules for my kids. Why? Because I know what's out there that can take them. You want to get to my kids, you got to go over my dead body. you got to get through me. I've said this before, I love you all, but I, I, I will kill for my kids. Any other parents like this? I love everybody. Don't mess up my kids. I dare you. Try. Don't mistake my weakness, my kindness for weakness. I'll shank you. Never mess with the skinny guys. They know stuff. Ha <laughs> ha, no stuff. Why? Because I love my kids. I lock my door at night, not to lock my kids in, but to lock the unknown out. I don't have, I don't, I don't watch over the devices my kids use, trying to control them, but to protect them from seeing things they don't need to see too soon or ever. You know what's amazing is Jesus puts it here and he says, I am the gate, I am the door, I am the good shepherd, is he's painting this picture of protection. Let me ask you today, how do you see Jesus? You need to know this today. How do you see Jesus? Do you see him as a jailer with his rules or a shepherd for your protection? See, because if you don't get the basis of who he is, you will understand the way he works. And so many people have this view of Jesus as a jailer going, man, I grew up in church, man couldn't drink, smoke, or chew, or hang with those that do. Can't do what I want, can't do what I feel like. Man, I, just, I lived in a legalistic home. I, and we, we have this, this, this vision of Jesus as the fun police. We see Jesus as a jailer going, ah, oh, I just I gotta live right, I gotta live pure. I can't sleep with who I want, when I want. I can't drink what I want, when, how I want. I can't, I can't say what I want, I can't, I can't feel what I want. And we see him as this jailer trying to incarcerate us when he is actually a shepherd there to liberate us and fights for our freedom. I was just in the States and someone said, how are your kids doing? I like when people ask about my family, not my church, because sometimes there's this pressure. How many people are you running on a Sunday morning? Man, what's your budget at? Well, how's the don't ask about my church. I don't care about numbers in my church. Ask about people. And when someone goes, how's your, how's your marriage? How's your kids? I'm like, oh, my kids are awesome. My son's got the same size shoes as me. I wore his shoes yesterday, all day yesterday because he's got a better shoe collection than I have. I'm like, I'm stealing your, your kicks today. It goes both ways, my son. It goes both ways. So how's your kids? And they're like, do your kids want to rebel against church? No one's perfect. We're not perfect parents. We're far from it. Our kids aren't perfect. They got their own journey. 
But you know what me and my wife say? Rebel against what? Rebel against what? We want to, this plan of God is so good. It's so full of purpose and passion. Why would they want to rebel? So for my kids to walk away from God, what they're saying is, I'm walking away from purpose. Yeah, I don't want purpose in my life. Yeah, I don't want adventure either. Let me walk away from adventure. I, I just want boredom in my life. I just want to be bored. Oh, relationships, yeah, I want to walk away from community and life-giving relationships. Yeah, I want to be isolated and alone. Fun, yeah, I want to walk away from fun. That's why we built this church to be fun. Because if our church, if our kids like coming to church, we win. That's why kids run in the hallway. You'll never see a sign that says don't run. That's why you'll see bubbles and bouncy castles and hot dogs. You'll hear loud music, why? Because we're not creating a prison to keep our kids in, but a fortress to protect them from what's out there. So someday, and my kids have to choose God for themselves, if they one day go, I, I, I don't want to follow that God. What they're saying is, I don't want to follow purpose and forgiveness and divine intervention and community and adventure and fun. I want to choose a life of isolation, of depression, of loneliness and boredom. Rebel against what? How do you see Jesus today? Do you see him as a jailer trying to keep you in or a shepherd keeping the harm out? It says that he, they, they built these pens with these rocks and then the shepherd would sit and become the door. The Bible says he doesn't sleep or slumber. It says hired people would sleep and the, 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 the wolf would come in and jump over them or the bear would come in. And it says Jesus doesn't sleep or slumber in another verse. It says that he's wide awake. My friends, I want to remind you today that Jesus is sitting there at the gate of your life. Today I have some fears and concerns, but so many times I spend most of my life looking over the walls going, I wonder if that's going to happen. Oh man, I don't know if I'm going to make it through that. Oh man, that looks pretty rough. Man, financially, is this going to work? Man, that person, I don't know, what if that person, had, what if they leave me? Man, I don't know if my body can keep up with this pressure. I don't know. Start looking over these walls. And it reminds me that I forgot who the good shepherd is. And who the, he's like, listen, a good shepherd says, sleep. It says in, in Psalm 23, he forces us, he makes us lie down. Why? Because sometimes we're not strong enough to know to rest. There's few things a snack and a nap won't fix. Some of us are so worked up, and God goes, I got this. Sit down. And you look over at the gate, Jesus is sitting there going, I got this. He says he laid down. committed himself to the grave only to rise again in three days and what he was saying was over my dead body you're going to get in here depression, suicide hopelessness down and out, you got to go through the dead body of Jesus to get in here he says no no over my dead body will you get in here my friends I want you to picture today some of you picture a jailer that's why some of you walked away from Jesus in your teens going, man, I saw was rules. I don't see walls of rules. I see a fortress, a high tower defending me against the very things picking off our generation. And Jesus goes, lay down, relax, take a drink of water, recharge. 
I got this. When he got up, it says that Jesus rose, but it's interesting that he stretched his arms out and says, no, no, I'm, I'm the gate. I'm the bridge. The only way to heaven is through me. And the only way to these sheep is through me. He is the gate and he is the good shepherd. And that's good news today. How do you see Jesus today? Because how you see him will determine how you live. You don't run from someone saving you. You don't run from someone protecting you. You run too. Some of you need to get in the pen today. Some of you need to get into the, you've been wandering around on your own going, I can do this on my own. I can do this on my own. And you're getting picked off with attitudes. I don't need church. People, it's, it's, it's now the fashionable thing to pick on church. Not on my watch. I'm passionate about church. See, some of you don't even feel like it's okay to applaud for that. It's okay to be excited about church. Jesus is. Now, we don't follow a man or a woman. We're not building the name Nova. We're building the church of Jesus Christ. There's a lot of great churches in this city. But can I tell you this? I'm not going to criticize them. Because I want to build what Jesus is building. If you're looking for a perfect church, this isn't the one. But he is a perfect God. He's a perfect shepherd. How do you see Jesus today? As a jailer keeping you in, fun police? Or a shepherd in a gate saying, I'm going to lead you besides still waters. I'm going to lead you to green pastures. I'm going to lead you to places you can't even compare, but I'm also going to protect you when you need to. I'm so thankful that I don't need to fight for myself. God fights for me. I fight for my kids, and he fights for me. All over this place, we just bow your head for a moment, as is, as is our custom here at Nova. Almost every single Sunday, we make an opportunity for you to give your life to Jesus Christ. Make no mistakes, there's only one way to heaven. Everyone's included and everyone's loved, but I'll be very bold. It's not Allah and Muhammad, it's not Buddha. It's also not going to church every Sunday in your works. It's not giving enough money in the offering or trying to clean up your language. Works won't get you there. Jesus is the only way. That divides right there. But he says, whoever, whosoever calls on my name, anyone. Yeah, but what about me? I, you don't know where I've been. Anyone. Yeah, but you don't know what I did last night. Anyone. I don't know if I believe all this. I don't think I'm smart enough. Anyone. You don't know who my parents are. Anyone. You don't know who I slept with last. Anyone. Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord can be saved. There's only one way. He is the door. He is the gate. He is the shepherd. If you say, Mike, I don't know Jesus. I want to know Jesus today. I want to get inside that pen. I want to get inside that safety. I want to be led by Jesus. I want to be protected. I want to know that I'm going to heaven. I want to know that God's guarding me. God's looking, God's looking after me, that Jesus has a plan for my life. On the count of three that you want you to raise your hand up as high as you can and put it right back down. It's not everybody today, but we're going to pray for you. On the count of three, one, two, three. If that's you, raise your hand real high and put it right back down. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. One more chance, last chance. Anyone else? Anyone else? Have I missed you? Awesome. Can we all stand to our feet today? As we pray and dismiss, we're gonna sing this song. We're gonna worship one song as we leave. You grew up in church, listen to me, Nova Church. How do you, how do, how do you see Jesus today? Because how you see him will determine how you read this. I wanna skip the passage where it says about purity. I wanna skip the passage where it says honor government around me. I want to skip the passage where it says pay my taxes and pay my tithe. I want to skip the part where it says to forgive my neighbor. I want to oh, you see it differently. It's not rules to keep you in. It's a fortress to keep harm out. 
He's a shepherd, not a jailer. He's the gate, not an option. And today he has a plan for your life, amen. If you prayed that prayer today, if you put your hand up, we're gonna pray this all together. Can we all pray this together? Worship team, all of us, we're gonna pray this together. Would you, if you raised your hand today, would you repeat after me? When we're done this prayer, I want you to fill out that card that we gave you, connect card, it says I made a decision and take it to the welcome tent. We have a special gift for you. It's a yellow gift, it's even better. If you prayed that prayer today, write that down. We have a yellow gift, an amazing gift to give to you today. All of this place, can we repeat after me? Lord Jesus Christ, I thank you that you're the good shepherd. I thank you that you are the door. Would you forgive me for my sin? Would you forgive me for my past? And would you save me? Would you help me? Would you forgive me? And would you lead me? Jesus, take my heart, my passions, and my direction. And lead me in this life. Help me. I love you, Jesus. Amen. Come on, give me a round of applause, church. We're going to sing this song. And for the rest of us that maybe this is your church or you've prayed that prayer before, here's what I want you to ask yourself as we sing this song. Who is Jesus to you? Is he a jailer or is he a shepherd? Let's see him as a shepherd today. Someone's protecting us and loving us. Come on, let's worship together.